Thank you for tuning in to 93.3 CFMU. My name is Tom Sterling, as always, joined by my good friend Matt Jackson. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, man. Honestly, the uh, Game of Thrones hype has me a little bit distracted right now. So <laughs> I'm going to try to do my best to show, but I can't wait to get home and uh, see what happens in that Battle oh, of Winterfell. <laughs> my God. I, I like Between that and Avengers Endgame that's going on this weekend, we're going to see more fictional character deaths than ever before. You no, know, I haven't watched any of the Avengers. Come on. No, I haven't. I've just seen like you know some memes about Ant-Man. I want to get too into that on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I've seen a lot of Ant-Man, Avengers, and Thanos, and yeah. I don't really know. I'm not, I'm not a superhero guy. I think Tobey Maguire ruined it for me with his first Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. Well, you, can, you can't judge these movies based on Tobey Maguire, but I completely understand <laughs> yeah, where you're right? coming from. <laughs> uh, this is Recliner Coaches. Thank you, as always, to everyone who tunes in. Today, we're going to change things up a little bit. I know we're a little Mac-heavy focused, but now we're going to focus on the Waterloo Warriors and do a kind of team profile for them and everything that's going on with them. Um, so we're going to dive into, first off, like the kind of team history of things and um, in particular, we're going to go into one year, I believe it was in 2010. Was that right, Maddie? I think so, yes. So in in 2008, uh, 9, and then going into 2010, the Waterloo Warriors were actually a very good football team. Uh, they were never like a Yates Cup kind of contenders, but they were up and coming to say the very least. And the recruiting class that they had going into the 2010 season was the best in the country. I agree with that, actually. Yeah, people don't know a lot about that. Like Billy McPhee yeah. was in that class. Yeah, the starting quarterback for Queens was in that class. They had um, Keitha Gase, another guy from Burlington who was in that class. All these different guys who came to Waterloo to try to be there and then when the scandal happened they kind of uh, split off so why don't you get into like the scandal itself and what happens Matty yeah so what happened I mean the team was on the rise I mean they had a couple three and five seasons but like you said you know they had a great recruiting class coming in you know this is something people don't really know about they had like yeah like you said the best recruiting class coming in that year and you know what could have happened like because what happened is after you know the whole steroid scandal went down um, a bunch of guys I don't know the whole story I want to get into it but what ended up being the result of it was the team was suspended for a year, mm-hmm. pretty much given, I guess, what we call it, the death penalty, sort yeah. of, the, didn't have football for a year. So players who were at Waterloo had the option of transferring out, didn't have to sit out a year as normal CIS eligibility rules go. And then it just, like, the wheels kind of fell off from there because they lost a whole recruiting class. That whole stacked recruiting class, like, went other places. I think Billy McPhee ended up going to Queens. I think Keith LeGase actually went. Did he go down to the States? No, he went to Queens as well. Went to Queens. His brother went to the States. Yeah, I think. that's right. It's okay, yeah. So he went to Queens as well. So actually kind of worked out in Queens' favor. Yeah. <laughs> at least because they had some pretty good teams there. But, yeah, it's just, you know, what could have been? I mean, the team was, you know, getting ready to go, was getting stacked. They could have maybe won a couple of Yates Cups out of that. Oh, absolutely. I remember in uh, in 2012 when we were uh, preparing for our, our second Yates Cup appearance in that, and the span of two years there, we were going up against, or sorry, uh, Mitchell Bowl experience. We were going up against Calgary, and their all-star, all-Canadian uh, middle linebacker was a transfer from Waterloo. Um, and they had, you know, obviously he had the opportunity. If he was that good out West, he would have been that good here. And so even just to have that, that and you had you know Matt Vonk who was a he is currently a O-line coach here at McMaster but he was a an all-Canadian for them as well at Waterloo he played in the CFL for five years I think it was um, and he ended up transferring to Laurier so that he could play again and then transferred back to Waterloo to finish out his career there but you know they had so many good players and they just kind of lost out on uh, on that with with the steroid scandal but I if I remember correctly the steroid scandal itself only affected like 
three people, three or four people or something like that. Yeah, Is that right? It was very small. Yeah. yeah. There was only a couple people that were involved in it. And the uh, the decision itself to suspend the team for a year was actually brought down by the university. It wasn't brought down by like the CIS or anybody like that. And so I remember actually one of our old coaches, Mike McDonald, um, who is a he's the current O-line coach over at the University of Guelph, coached us up at Burlington Stampeders. He is a Waterloo alumni. And I remember him telling me that they have just killed the program by doing something like that. The idea of taking away football for a year, and I'm pretty sure they limited like scholarship opportunities or something like that, very similar to how the states would do. Um, but taking that away just completely demolished any hope that Waterloo had for the next five to ten years. Absolutely, I agree. And you know what I actually heard too? I don't know how true this is, but I heard like a lot of people that were like involved that some of the kids didn't even like know they were taking like banned substances because I know like it sounds ridiculous to hear that but I mean I remember even at Mac you know like even if you take like you know certain cough medicine mm-hmm. has steroids and I remember actually uh, on the weekend uh, one of the or sorry this week one of my buddies I work with has uh, asthma mm-hmm. he uh, inhaled his puff and someone's like yeah you know there's like steroids in the uh, the inhaler because he has asthma right yeah I'm like that's crazy like Something just so small, like, does that really help your performance? I guess scientifically it does, but it's like the kid has asthma. Yeah. I don't think I don't think they're looking at how it's helping you. I think they're looking at, you know, is it in your system? And if that's the the only way that they're checking for things, then absolutely you take a uh, an inhaler, which is absolutely ridiculous, but you take something like that and that's going to make you um, test positively for something. Or how many times do they tell us that you have to watch out for which kind of protein powders you're using because there could be other ingredients in there that's not labeled and if you're found with something like that, then you could test positive. Absolutely. That's something that people don't know about. No, like, yeah. It doesn't have to be, you know, or peas not to be allowed, you know, it's injecting, you know, needles and it's very obvious. No, sometimes it's like, you know, you had a, I don't know if you've ever seen the Seinfeld episode where, you know, Elaine has uh, the um, the muffin and she tests positive for <laughs> yeah. uh, opium because there's yeah. poppies in the muffin. Yeah, but, yeah. Like, it sounds, it's funny. Like, that's, it's true. Like, it's so true. Yeah. Take, like the wrong cookie. Oh, yeah. There's a steroid in that cookie. <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's crazy. Oh, yeah. Well, even if you, you go down the list and you and I had to do this, uh, you know, obviously when we were playing, there's a massive list that they give you about banned substances and things. Ibuprofen was like the number one thing that was banned because of like certain things that they use in there. But I thought we thought was just insane. Any kind of cough or flu, man. Medicine. I think Dayquil, Nyquil, all banned. Like when you were sick, you basically just had to suck it up and deal with it, and maybe drink like tea. But other than that, like you couldn't take any other real like uh, medicines or drugs or anything like that. It was crazy. I know it was unreal. Yeah, you're just you're, you're stuck. Yeah, you're sick. Too bad, man. You're not seeing a doctor. Yeah, <laughs> you're gonna let it heal on its own. Yeah, but it's the it's the same thing. Like we look at it. You know, uh, Waterloo was on the rise. They were coming up. They had phenomenal coaching staff. Uh, Dennis McPhee was uh, the head coach, I believe, at the time. Yeah. And so was, um, do you remember Pow Pow? Oh, yeah, Joey. Yeah. Yeah. He was, he was there as well. He was like, he's a legend, basically. He was there coaching and everything. And so they were clearly on the up and up. And then this happens, and they lose the coaching staff. They lose all these players, current and recruits that are coming in, and have to try to start from scratch once again. And you can see, like, how many seasons have they gone? Like, one in seven. Two and six, zero oh and eight, still get to right now. Uh, this past year, where they made the playoffs for the first time in like how many years? Too many. Yeah, I don't and, even know the last time they made the playoffs for. Let's tell you the truth. Yeah, and it's so like it just goes to show you how competitive the OUA is in general in terms of recruiting. You cannot afford to lose a year because it sets you back ten years before you can actually get back to form. I know it's so true. And I always thought I remember even when we went to McMaster, I always would think about Waterloo. I mean, I understand you know from like a football player's perspective, like you know the team's really bad. You know, yeah, you don't want to go on a bad team. 
team. I totally get it. You want to compete for championships. But I always thought, okay, like Waterloo, really good academic school. You know, Waterloo is like, you know, kind of a party town. I mean, yeah. there's uh, Laurier right down the street. You know, there's lots of pretty girls in Waterloo. I mean, like, personally, for like a university football player, you know, it sounds like heaven. Yeah. To be honest. And you always wonder, like, you know, why you know, couldn't they get more recruits? Yeah, I, I, that doesn't like the atmosphere of it should be should be fantastic. But um, especially now, uh, they've got a brand new field there. They've got a brand new uh, training athletic facility that's being built right behind the field as well. That's going to be, uh, I believe, there's going to be an indoor field. There's going to be new change rooms. There's uh, all that stuff that's coming to Waterloo, which is great. Um, and the other thing that was always really funny to me is anytime that we went to play there, their fans were always the funniest fans to go against. Like uh, the O line would come over off the field and like sit down on the bench and somebody would yell hey kfc is that way and we'd all just die on the on the bench man and like um it was one of it's obviously one of the smallest stadiums that you can go to but it was one of the most fun atmospheres because the fans were into it and it's almost like yeah we're gonna lose this game but we're gonna chirp you anyways oh yeah i remember (laughs) actually my last high school game i love fans that just like don't care yeah you know in that sense like we know we're gonna lose just have fun i remember my last uh, high school football game was actually here against uh st paul niagara falls and like I was watching film, I remember, before the game, and I'm like, there's no way we're going to beat these guys. And we're on my team. Like, like, <laughs> like, I don't want to like sound like you know I was against us, but like you know, th- the team was just that much better than yeah. us. Like, we would have needed like a miracle <laughs> to win. And I remember uh, guys on my team were like, Matt, I think we have a chance. I'm like, yeah, totally. And in my head, I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I hope it, like, we're going to get destroyed. Yeah. And I remember our fans were all fired up. And then after, like, you know, a drive or two, that was over. Then they started yelling, you know, at the O line and saying, I remember they took, uh, the, had the megaphone going there, yelling at one oh, guy God. saying, 65 loves donuts. He's like a big, uh, <laughs> big offensive line. Now you're on the field, you're like laughing. You're like, what can you do, man? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's that's always the, the the greatest kind of atmosphere to go to. Um, but going into the Waterloo Warriors uh, themselves for this year, um, they've got a lot of great things to build on in terms of the offense. Trey Ford and Tyler Tanowski were the best one-two combo in the OUA bar none. Uh, in my opinion, Trey Ford should have been up for the heck Crichton because while his team didn't do well, that team does not go anywhere close to how good they got this year without him. You know what I mean? So um, I think they are... Uh, fantastic on the offensive side of things in terms of their throwing and their playmaking abilities. Their defense is, is where they have to get better. Um, the way that Guelph ran all over them and, and did anything they wanted to when they played it in the back-to-back games this past year was just so showing of how uh, you know they just need to get better. I remember watching... There was a, a Waterloo receiver, or sorry, there was a Guelph receiver that was in the end zone. He was just doing like a corner route, and uh, Theo Landers, uh, the quarterback for Guelph, throws up a ball and it ends up being a duck, and it just goes up in this huge arc and comes down. And I watched the Guelph receiver turn around, look for the ball, and stand, not move anywhere to try to realign himself, just stand waiting for the ball. He caught the ball, and the next closest Waterloo defender was still ten yards away from him. That's so bad. You have to go back to the ball. Oh. <laughs> Oh, God, it was just it, like so uncontested, so open that I don't understand. Like it was so bad that I don't understand how the defensive coordinator still has a job. Like yeah. it was just, and you know, to his credit, he threw everything that he could at them. They went 30 defense, 40 defense, 50 defense. And like, you know, they still couldn't cu- stop the run. They couldn't really stop the pass. Um, so I think at that point, it's mainly just like your personnel that's there. So they need to do something with recruiting to try to get defenders. But 
it's it was brutal yeah if i'm a defensive player i'm definitely looking at waterloo for sure yeah (laughs) (laughs) there's some openings over here you probably get some playing time yeah well that well that's the thing too like um being a terrible team obviously like you know being a perennial loser is never a good thing but you can flip that around and go to the recruits and be like listen you can go to mcmaster and fight and train for a job and start maybe in your third year possibly your fourth year or you can come here get valuable game experience in your first year and start immediately and try to get better as the season goes on and no matter what Playing in a game is what really makes you better. You can practice all you want, but you need to play in a game. Oh, 100%. I told, oh, see, man, I couldn't agree with that more. Yeah. Man. Like, <laughs> I, I always hated practice as a player. Oh, God. Like, it was just there to, like, kind of keep you in shape, just keep your, like, you know, your head going on the playbook. But, like, yeah, you got better in the game. Yeah. I always just say to him, I hated nothing more than practicing tackling. Yeah. It's like, oh. when does perfect form tackling happen in the game? Like, it, did they ever go running back? Stop. I'm going to just sink my hips and just <laughs> fire. Like, no, yeah. it doesn't happen. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, God. It it was so funny, too, because I remember a uh, personal friend of both of ours, Tyler Goldsworthy, his gigantic beauty, but he was one of those guys who would go into practice and, like, take steps towards his certain responsibilities and then not go 100% when he actually had to hit somebody in practice. And it was like, oh, Tyler, you you got to show, you got to get that guy, blah, blah, blah. But it's like he put himself in the exact right position that he needed to be to block this dude. He just didn't finish the block, and then he would go on game days. And in my opinion, the dude should have been an All-Canadian. Like he yeah. was just a, such a solid center, so so intelligent when he came on the field, so strong, all that. Um, and so he, he knew what he was doing on the, on the field, but in practice it was just kind of like going through the motions. And even still, even one, every single one-on-one he went – against one of our other uh, good friends, Adam Dixon, who happened to be, what, 6'2 and 370 pounds or something like that. Like He, he, was, he was a fridge with legs. Yeah, yeah, he was just a monster of a human being. He was so strong. Nicest guy in the world. But the two of them would go up against each other in one-on-ones, and it would be like half speed. <laughs> and they'd just be like, you could see, watch them physically just go like so slowly through the motions, but then hear them grunting and just go, it's, oh, that's a great battle, guys. Great battle. I remember uh, I used to go get our good buddy uh, Connor Mackay. Oh yeah, and uh, we used to have like hand signals, like what we were gonna do. <laughs> so we knew, like you know, to go half speed. Yeah, this is what really happens in practice, guys. Hate yeah. to break it to you, but like no one's really going full out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite too was Sean Smith. That guy was just the master of energy conservation. Oh my god! Like did he getting a job in like renewables or something? Cause he should have. I remember like <laughs> he, he, even like we'd watch him film. And even like Coach Riley, like Sean, like you were just the master of like just taking as little steps as possible. He's would take the perfect steps mm-hmm. to beat the guy, but he'd take like three or four steps and when even I remember doing warm-ups, oh. he would always walk five yards short of the goal line. Everyone would always say, you got to go all the way to the goal line, but Sean figured, why? I'm wasting energy. And then he always would say, <laughs> like, you know, five yards here, five yards there. I literally saved about, you know, a whole football's length of the <laughs> And he was an all-Canadian. Yeah, he was. <laughs> It's that same kind of thing. Like, you do all of these things to try to be as good as you can be. But if you already are that good, then you don't really need to do those things. Like, it's the same kind of thing where, like, you walk into, like, a a football stadium or a training room, whatever, and you see all these, like, inspirational quotes or, like, train, persevere, uh, like, all of these things. And then at the end of it, you're like, yeah, that's, that's all great. 
but the whole reason you have all those things is to win. Yes. If you are winning, doesn't matter how many inspirational quotes you have, you're just winning. That's all you want to do. Exactly. And so I find that a lot of people focus too much on the actual quote itself. We're like, oh, we need to have pride. We, let's play with pride or let's rise as one and do all this stuff. And it's like, okay, yeah, but we're like playing with pride to win. Yeah. Rising as one to win. Let's just have a win. Yeah. In the locker room. Yeah. There's something to be said about uh, the Raiders. Just win, baby. Yeah. Well, like- I mean, maybe a bad example. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, they're draft this week and I want to get into that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that's a story for another time. We could actually devote a whole show to that. Yeah, we could we could devote like a whole like month yeah, of shows to that. That's just, true. That's a tire fire. Yeah. But, uh. God. Uh, but anyways, get back into uh, Waterloo itself. Uh, we're going to go through the schedule and just go through how we think things are going to shake out and uh, what is going to happen. So, uh, Maddie, uh, go start us off. So week one, they got a game at home against Toronto Varsity Blues. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, that's a fantastic way to start off the season. The Toronto Varsity Blues, unfortunately, are one of those perennial losers that we've been talking about so much. The tattoo. Don't forget the tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> they are actually the perennial losers because the people who were the very first to ever get recruited into Toronto and go 0-40, 0-48. Something like that. Something along those lines. Oh, something. Actually got commemorative tattoos to say we are the first and only team to have ever gone winless in a career. I love that. Which is the... Biggest showcase of people being losers I have ever seen in my entire life. So that's um, that's something for sure. But to open up against Toronto, who has uh, been typically struggling uh, in their own kind of seasons, would be a fantastic test for these guys. Not only to you know shake the rust off and try to get back into form, but to really practice on what you've been do- going through in training camp and getting getting stronger and better every single day. What do you think, Maddie? Yeah, honestly, it's more of like a, a scrimmage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. I mean, you go to UFT to you know get a good degree. Yeah. For school, and you don't go there for football. So no. I'm going to say the Waterloo Warriors win that one. I'm going to say they win it by like three touchdowns. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. All right, then week two. This is a funny team at Windsor. Yeah, I completely agree with that because not only playing against Windsor, but in Windsor is a different animal entirely. We, like, I remember being in 2011. Uh, we played against Windsor in Windsor and you know, they still, they had Austin Kennedy who was there, who was like, uh, Kyle Quillen 2.0. He was like fantastic quarterback and everything like that. But that was the 2011 year was the year that we won the, the Vanier cup. It was supposedly one of the greatest teams ever to wear, uh, the maroon and we won 21, no, 22 to 21 on a last-second two-point conversion to win the game. Yeah, with with Fergie. Yeah, with Marshall Ferguson yeah. in there because Kyle had been suspended for that game. But, like, that goes to show you, like, that all-star, all-Canadian stacked team struggled and almost lost to a Windsor team in Windsor. So playing in Windsor is has its own kind of uh, challenges there, traveling so far to get down there and, you know, just trying to get pumped up for the game. And a lot of times you play against Windsor, and Windsor stereotypically has struggled, you know, to be, like struggling to get back to like a four and four team and they've been kind of at the lower point of the of the league now but they've got a new head coach there jp cerselli who was the offensive line coach over at western for a long time he's the uh head coach for team ontario for this year in the summer i really like the way that he coaches and the way that he approaches things i think he's going to bring in more kids into that program and you and i were talking about it a little while ago the essex ravens the summer league team that's down there is always stacked with talent oh yeah it's unbelievable i don't know how they don't keep those kids if they can just 
uh, solidate or consolidate all of those kids and make them come to Windsor, they will be a perennial powerhouse every single year. 100%. I think a lot of those kids, though, too, correct me if I'm wrong, I think a lot of them end up going to the States because yeah. the border's right there as well. So, I mean, they have that, you know, going against them. But still, yeah, that is a Essex Ravens or like a powerhouse rep football team. For sure. So, yeah, I understand. And I remember even, too, back in, I think it was like 2011, you know, 2013 era when they had Kennedy, Windsor was like a really good team. They were on the rise. And all of a sudden, it just stopped yeah they were like you know um always in the playoffs i remember you know they were you know made to the semis the one year almost beat western in yep. the semis i think that was the year mac won it all yeah and then the next year they just took a step back and then just you know it looked like they're ready to like you know compete for yates and then just it disappeared it was almost like you know seeing a movie yeah and, you know not seeing the end <laughs> and you're like, what? it's almost like watching like the first six harry potters or six and a half and yeah just the seventh or the last movie's never Never got created, just canned it. It was weird. Yeah, it was It was one of those things where it just kind of seemed like um, once that Austin Kennedy and his kind of grad class kind of moved on, that Windsor took a massive step back, and it was like the coaching staff that was there wasn't preparing for what was going to happen when those guys graduated. And as soon as they did, like you, you could see the massive drop-off and everything that's been Windsor so far. So, um, But I still think that that game was going to be a tough one. Um, I think I'm gonna go with Waterloo, but it's gonna be close. I like I think Waterloo by like a field goal, maybe. Yeah, Waterloo by a two point conversion at the end of the game. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm gonna say. <laughs> Who they got next? Uh, then they're home to Guelph. Wow. Um, so that's gonna be a personal game for sure. Um, Guelph. They played in the playoffs this year, didn't they? Yeah, they played the last game of the season was against Guelph in Guelph, and then just the way that things shook out, um, Guelph ended up winning that game in overtime, so that. Waterloo played against Guelph in the first round of the playoffs the next week. Who won that game? Both of the times it was Guelph. Yeah. So they um, stopped them. And it was so crazy because how everything shook out um, at the very end. There was like three or four teams that were five and three. And if you got to six and two, then you could like make a case to be like either the number one or number two seed with a bye. And so uh, Guelph took away that opportunity for Waterloo to get to that point. And they finished up, I think it was five and three. Yeah. Uh, they finished last they finished year. fifth. That's right. And they yeah. finished fifth. Um, so they traveled back up to Guelph. And I got to think that there's going to be some bad blood between the two teams for sure. Yeah. Rivalry um, in the making. Oh, for sure. But um, I still, I'm going to go with Guelph on the this one. I think um, the biggest thing with Waterloo is obviously we were talking about the defense, but the O and D line that they have there, I just don't think are up to snuff across the board. Uh, I know they've got, they had a guy, Jesse Gibbons, who was a tackle for them, who's ended up going into the CFL. He may be back for them, but one good player is not going to save the rest of the O line. So I'm going to give that one to Guelph. What do you think? Honestly, I'm, I'm really torn here. I, I really want to give it to Waterloo. Yeah. But like, uh, my heart's just telling me Guelph. Yeah. My, sure. my instincts tell me Guelph. I'll say Guelph wins at like 21-20. Yeah, wow, eh? Yeah, it's going <laughs> to be close. Okay, who do we got? Then we got at Carlton. I, you know what? I'm going to say at Carlton is normally always a very difficult game for anybody who goes there. You can ask Western for you know how many years they've gone there and really struggled and almost lost. But for whatever reason, Waterloo seems to have Carlton's number. Uh, I remember two years ago they went back up to Carlton and they beat them in their first like come from behind victory of that kind of era. I think they were down something like twenty one or thirty points or something like that and won the game. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think 
it's going to be it's going to be different uh, for sure. I think Waterloo might squeak away with that win there, especially with um, the, the defensive linemen that Carlton had that are going into the CFL. Um, they're in the fourth year, but they were so good and so dominant last year that I don't think there's any way that they're going to come back. So I think I think Waterloo takes that one in a close game. I'm gonna disagree with you. I think Carlton blows them out. Really? You I... know what, man? Like, I mean, sure, you know, Carlton had a lot of people leave, but you know, money talks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Carlton, you know. Great jerseys, great facility, great coaching staff. You know, I Carlton's one of those teams, in my opinion, that you know they don't rebuild, they reload. Yeah. So I, I honestly, I think they're going to take to Waterloo here. Okay. Well, I, I, I've, I've Carlton as a contender this year. Yeah. Well, so he, he, here's a question for you: Your recruit, you're coming out based solely on the coaching staffs alone, the head coaches. You going with Steve Samara? You going with Chris Pretoria? Oh man, that's a you, question. You got me. That's a question, man. <laughs> you know I like Bertoya. That's yeah. why you asked me that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. I guess I guess it depends on your location. Like if you're in Ottawa, maybe sure. might go. But yeah, I don't know. But I mean, like a lot of players don't think like that. You know, some players will go. You know, I know guys that pick schools based off the jerseys. Oh no, for sure. Like, like and the Guelph's whole recruiting class. Yeah, we and we've talked about that shows <laughs> ago. But yeah, there's absolutely there's different uh, aspects in terms of why people will go to certain schools and, and things like that. But um, I just think that. Bert has such a massive advantage over every other uh, head coach because he's just such a likable guy. I like, even though I didn't go to Western because he was coaching there, you and I both still have such admiration and respect for that dude. Like, oh yeah, hundred percent. He's the only guy that could have saved Waterloo. Yeah, for sure. He was the best man for the job, and I think he's going to have a very, very long career at Waterloo. I think he's going to turn that program around given a few years. Yeah, but not. But this game, Carlton's <laughs> going to win. <laughs> okay, what's after Carlton? Them home against. York. That's a W. Yeah, should we even get into that? No, 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 that's the W. Yeah, I mean, I think the Forge... Actually, you know what? No, the what's that soccer team that plays there now? The York Nine. Oh yeah, they can also just show up to the game instead. Well, you know what's very interesting? I uh, was looking at this last week, and Waterloo uh, came off. I think they they came off a loss to Western, and then they went to York and played against York, and actually lost that game last year, thirty-four to thirty. So. I guarantee that Waterloo is not going to take that game lightly as they did last year. I'm sure, 100%. and they're going to put up some major points. Yeah, I, I think that's a write off. Yeah. it's like it's like a tax, you know, write off. <laughs> yeah. so like, just write that game off. Won't count it. But yeah. sorry, uh, sorry, uh, Waterloo for giving York us some motivation there. I hope they don't listen to this. But uh, <laughs> anyways, then we got the uh, next game at Western. Yeah, that's an L. Yeah, I mean, like nothing against Waterloo. It's just that, like I don't know. Western is just like what? Yeah, Western is the. Epitome of what you said before: reload, not rebuild. Yeah. Every single year, they've got guys who can step up and take places of the guys who move on, and I don't think they're going to have any trouble this year. I think they're still going to be a number one contender. Probably going to be in the Yates Cup once again. They're like the Google of the OUA. Yeah. Doesn't matter what <laughs> yeah. they do. Like you know, honestly, if like Greg Marshall left, all those coaches left, you know, people would still go there. Oh, for sure. Like, it would still be stacked. Yeah. I mean, he... Like Greg Marshall's still a great coach. I'm sure they wouldn't do as well, but I mean, they still get top recruits. Still the name. Oh yeah, for sure. It's that it's that same kind of thing. Like. Oh, there's uh, Bing search engine. There's Ask Jeeves and all this stuff, and it's like they they may be popular in the moment, but you're gonna go back to Google. Yeah, Google Google is the way to go. Yeah. Google that's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, the next game at home to Waterloo, or sorry, at home to Laurier. That's I was gonna say, I damn. That's why I said that. I saw Waterloo, but yeah, Laurier Waterloo, same thing. Yeah. Battle of Waterloo. Yeah. Um, I'm really interested in, to see how that game goes because. Um, Waterloo obviously beat Laurier for the first time, and I believe it was 12 to 15 years last year um, for, in the Bottle of Waterloo. 
I think you're going to see a Laurier team who is Sorry, hungry. You said the bottle of Waterloo. You're thinking of St. Patty's Day. Bottle <laughs> <laughs> of Waterloo. Sorry, continue. I just had to say that. Uh, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, so the Battle of Waterloo. Um, I think Laurier is going to come off like steaming, and they're going to be pissed off since losing last year. I think they're going to come away with a W on that one. I think so, too. I have to agree with you there. Yeah. I, it's going to be a great game either way. Fantastic. But, uh, but sure. the thing is, too, like... Laurier Waterloo, like I actually would rather be the the road team in this game because basically like an extra home game. Yeah, it's like they like, even take a bus there. He's walked to their stadium. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, me, we're gonna walk over and hold hands. Like, you know? <laughs> There's literally one street. It's called University. I think it's University Avenue or something like yeah. that. And you literally drive down that street, and it's like long and winding. There's not a whole lot of buildings on there, but you start in Laurier and you end up in Waterloo. Yeah, so it's unbelievable. Yeah. Then the final game of the season. You ready for this one? Oh. I wonder how who we're gonna pick at McMaster. <laughs> oh boy, yeah, uh, a brand new McMaster offense that's already shown in the seven on sevens that they can throw and be productive against a, a Waterloo defense that has struggled for sure in the past, and I don't think they're gonna get drastically better anytime soon. Um, I think what McMaster's defense finally figures out a way to stop Trey Ford and Tyler Tarnowski, and they win big. Absolutely. You know what? There's a lot of buzz around here on campus. I mean, uh, for, from some people that this McMaster team this year is also going to be a contender. I could see them, you know, challenging for a Yates Cup this year. For sure. be great to see. They haven't, they haven't been in the Yates Cup, I think, since our day. So, yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, I know we're selling like toll homers, but yeah, I think Mac wins that game too. <laughs> so what I got the record as, so I got them at taking one, two, I'm at like Four and four, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I think that's fair. I think four and four, five and three, um, they make it into the playoffs again. Uh, I would love to see them win the first round. I'm sorry, we have a three and five. My bad. You're at three and five. Yeah, three and five. Yeah. No, I had. War. Okay, Toronto win. Windsor win. Guelph loss. Carlton loss. York win. Western loss. I mean, I'm losing the last three games. Yeah, three and five. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, wow. Well, I have them at four and four. You have them four and four. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I don't know. Yeah, that's a tough schedule. I know. That is, that well, is a very tough schedule. We're saying they're on the rise. We picked them That's a tough schedule, though. That is, a, that is a very tough schedule. But, like, when you think about it, the, the other teams that they don't play are Queens and Ottawa. Uh, and am I missing anybody else? No, I think that I think that's the only two teams that they yeah, don't play Queens this year. And those are good teams, and so. those are very good teams. So like that's that schedule is better than what it could be. Uh, when the OUA got this good, I don't I don't know, man. I remember it used to be 